Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Far podcast. You're with me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm good. I am a little bit less afar today. So yeah. um, joining you from uh, Mean Streets of Boston. Um, for now. For now, yeah. I've been here for a few days and uh, this evening I'm going to fly to New Orleans. And um, yeah, so let the, get, the, get the party started, um, which hopefully will be a bit more fun than what I experienced on Sunday. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, so experienced on Sunday. How did you find like the game day experience in Boston? Like, did you get heckled much on the, on the streets, the mean streets of Boston? Or <laughs> zero times, I can say, I got heckled. really. Yeah, so even with my bills gear in, nobody seems to pay any attention at all. I think partly it was because um, when I walked to the, um, I went to the, the Boston um, Bills Backers Pub, a place called the Harp, which is um, right next to the um, the hockey stadium, um, and. I walked over there. I've been staying in Cambridge. It's just over the, over the bridge and it was Sunday morning. So it's pretty quiet and not, not many people around. And then um, obviously I got to the, the Bills backers bar and it's full of Bills fans. So um, that was all cool. Um, but then once the game was over, it emptied pretty quickly for Bills fans and filled up very, very quickly with Boston Bruins fans. And I thought, oh, this mm. could get, this could get a bit ugly. Um, but no, actually everyone was really nice, <laughs> very friendly and chatty. And um, I spoke to a few Bruins fans and um, yeah, it was all pretty nice vibe. And then, yeah, so I've had zero heckles and I've been wearing my Bills hat the whole time I've been here. So um, yeah, I guess, I guess it's a bit different than, um, you know, perhaps our, our football. Yeah, I don't know. Like um, maybe from, from our perspective, like, um, you know, Patriots, Bills, I think more from the Bill side of things, we probably give Patriots fans more hate than Patriots give us. us. Yeah, um, And I suppose, especially face to face, you know, so maybe uh, with, with the team, they are clearly having success now, you know, under Mac Jones and uh, seem well. to be getting things right. Yeah. But the last year, year or so, they have been pretty quiet. So uh, maybe some of that is carryover as well. <laughs> yeah, I suspect the Patriots don't really see anybody much as a threat. You know, historically, they haven't had, you know, that kind of, um, that team that they've been up against every single year. So mm. they probably looked at, for many years, probably looked down on everybody and, and no one was really a threat. And, you know, little old Buffalo and, um, you know, Western New York probably didn't really hit their radar most of the time. So, yeah, mm. I think you're right. I think we are much more, um, we think about it way more than they do. But also I think there's a lot more, you don't find many part-time Bills fans. <laughs> You've got to be in it. Yeah. Um, uh, and really deep in it to be a Bills fan. Whereas New England, it's a bit of a broader spectrum, to be fair. I think there are plenty of hardcore, of course, but there's also a, a broad range that got attracted to them through the Super Bowl years, you know, through Brady. I even met one guy on um, on Saturday who said, yeah, I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm also a Tom Brady fan and I watch the Bucks. So, you know, it's a little bit watered down, I suppose, in terms of their fandom yeah. when you care, compare it to Bills Mafia, which obviously is the other end of the scale. Yeah, definitely. But um, I suppose they've got more sports out that way, haven't they? You said the Bruins. They've got Hockey's the, big here. The Celtics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have they got? They got baseball as well. well obviously, Red Sox. And yeah, uh, I think and this is really a baseball and hockey town. Um, yeah, I mean Foxborough. You know, it's the New England Patriots. So it pulls from all over. Um, and of course, there's plenty of, of, of Patriots fans here. But I think in terms of its its pull. Boston always feels like a Bruins town. It feels like a Red Sox town. Um, yeah, Celtics to a certain extent, but definitely the hockey and the baseball are big, big, big here. 
good stuff. Okay, so we'll move on to what we're doing today. So the agenda is going to be just talking about the main takeaways from a Colts game. We had planned to get out a separate game review, as we usually do, uh, episode on the Colts game, but uh, our schedules this week, and I had some uh, IT issues uh, yesterday um, that meant that we couldn't do like a, a separate podcast for that one. So we're going to do that as part of this so we'll do like main takeaways from the game obviously we're recording this Wednesday so it's been spoken about at length on other podcasts and on social media so we'll keep it to a a fairly minimum amount of time on that and then obviously the game preview uh, for Thanksgiving against the Saints so that's a plan so we'll dive straight into it then the Colts game Charlie what was your main takeaway from from this so that's a disappointing game. Well, I think maybe I'll go through my three and I'll go through them quite briefly because you say I think it's been analyzed yeah. already. But I mean, obviously, the big one is this team does not have the depth on the lines to cope with the injuries that we've had. Yeah. So we, we've always known that guard was a weakness. You know, I was very keen on us drafting a, a one tech in the draft um, last time around. We've seen that with, with Star out, Harrison Phillips just we got absolutely destroyed several times um, on Sunday with Zimmer out. Vernon Butler is not cutting it. We just don't have any depth at one tech. And I think when you're up against, you know, if everyone's fit, the second best running back in the league, um, and you also don't have your middle linebacker, then you've got a massive problem in defending the run and, and, um, Jonathan Taylor ran all over us and, and absolutely destroyed that defense, which of course was what number one ranked going into the game. So, but, it's fragile and, and we cannot cope with those injuries. And I think that we, on the other side of the ball, without the depth of guards, our backups of, um, of Cody Ford and Ike Butker, uh, they're struggling and it gets into Josh's head and he sees pressure that isn't always there. And you could tell by the pace he was, he was passing the ball. He, he didn't feel like he had a lot of time. And you can tell when he's sort of a little bit rushed because the touch goes, um, which is obviously something that he sort of added last year, but he goes back to kind of baseline. Let's hurl it as hard as I can, makes it more difficult for wide receivers. And he's trying to fit it into gaps that aren't always there. And we saw that in terms of the, the interception. So my second big takeaway is that Josh Allen needs to be more patient. Um, he just needs to take what the, uh, what the defense gives him. And, and to a certain extent that, you know, we, I think we, we hoped he was past this, um, but I think we saw on Sunday that he isn't, and he's still there. And if the if the line is not protecting him, he tends to uh, he tends to struggle. Um, of course, he's great when he's out of the pocket, but he can't be out of the pocket the whole time. Um, and that sort of leads into my third third point, really, which is I don't feel that we have enough flexibility with our game plans when Plan A isn't working. We seem to go in with Plan A, and if it's, if it's not happening. We seem to stick with that for far, far too long. So we didn't really see as many of the heavy sets that we saw against the Jets. Um, we didn't see any bootlegs, you know, which I always think is a good, decent tactic when you've got a lot of pressure. Um, we saw Matt Breeder, but only sporadically when he seemed to be the guy that was actually doing the damage. Um, we saw actually quite a lot of use of Dawson Knox, which I was really encouraged by. Um, I thought he played quite well, but um it obviously wasn't the time for the place to develop for, for, for Sanders and Diggs. So, you know, why aren't we maybe running some more, um, putting them in a the slot? Maybe, I don't know. I, I just want to see more flexibility of the game plans. And I feel like whenever we're in a, you know, we're struggling and we saw this with against the Jags, we saw, saw it against the Steelers. We saw it against, to a certain extent against the Titans, less than so in the Titans, but certainly against the Colts, we didn't adapt well. Um, we didn't come out with a, with, with, a, with a, a different sort of game plan. And, this team is smart enough and Brian Dable's smart enough to be able to adapt, I think, a little bit better on the fly. 
Yeah. So those are my three big takeaways. Lack of depth on both lines is going to absolutely kill you, especially when you're facing an incredibly good running back like Jonathan Taylor. We need Josh Allen to be a bit more patient, a bit more mature, make some better decisions, and we need to be a bit more flexible when it's not going our way. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty much most of mine as well. So clearly, as you said, you know, the run game we got killed in. I didn't realise when we recorded the preview that the conditions were going to be that bad. Um, had I had we have known that, I'd have been even more concerned because this game reminded me very much of the Eagles' uh, loss in 2019 uh, when they came in and we were 5-1 and one at that point, uh, at that part of the season, and they just dominated up front. Their O-line uh, back then with Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey and those guys just completely dominated us up front. Jordan Howard was able to just... You know, he had the gaps available to him, ran through us and they controlled the time of the clock. And that's exactly how it went uh, with the Colts game. And, um, you know, I think we clearly missed Star and Trey Edmonds. Um, I'm unsure if the result would have been a huge amount different, but they would have definitely helped. It would have meant that we wouldn't have had to use Vernon Butler on 60 plus percent uh, of the snaps. Um, why is he still on, you know, it's, being used this much on this I team? I can't believe there's not someone we can pick up off the street that would be better, to be honest. I yeah. really struggle to believe that. They brought in um, Eli Anku, didn't they? they they've they've um, had him on visits and had him on a practice squad before. Just use that guy. Uh, I, I'm pretty confident that what he'll bring us without actually seeing the guy is going to be better than what Vernon Butler because he's bringing nothing. So <laughs> I'm sure this dude can bring something at least to the table. So I hope that he gets um, elevated and is available to be used against the Saints. So, yeah, so that's my main one. And then, as you said, Josh Allen, um, you know, he was clearly frustrated. Uh, in some ways, I applaud Josh because from what I could see from the footage that we saw from the game, he was the only player that actually, you know, showed some emotion and passion and frustration and uh, what was yeah. happening, like the the two uh, O-line penalties, I think it was hold and then uh, illegal use of hands to the face um, on Cody Ford and Mitch Morse, which meant that we went from a third and short to a third and 18. And that's caught what caused Josh Allen's first turnover. Um, you know, all these things. Um, snowballed um, on third down, especially like so many errors on both sides of the ball. Um, but Josh, you know, we got ourselves in that position that we were chasing the game. He's playing hero ball. We've talked about it before about um, when he gets frustrated um, and he loses composure in the pocket. Um, he doesn't have that touch. He throws with velocity and that um, isn't a recipe for success. You know, he got picked on several occasions in this game and he just got to realise that we went from, you know, having a uh, small, you know, percentage uh, chance of winning a game to completely no chance of winning the game just by his turnovers. You know, those turnovers are killing us. I was looking at the four losses that we've had this season and it's either a combination or of um, losing the turnover battle or allowing teams to rush all over us so the Steelers we had minus one turnover differential they weren't able to run a ball but then they had a special teams touchdown um, Titans there wasn't any turnovers in that game but 146 yards rushing and four touchdowns uh, Jags clearly you know there was no need in that game to chase it but with how the O-line was, wasn't protecting Josh um, he clearly felt that 
you know, the pressure and was trying to chase the game and make some plays and change the momentum of the game. And that led to a minus two turnover differential against the Jags. And the Colts clearly was both sides of things. We lost a turnover battle by minus four and uh, they ran for 264 yards uh, rushing when five rushing touchdowns. So that's a recipe. That's, you know, it's all well and good giving up, you know, these rushing yards. But the turnovers, Josh can help from that side of things by lim- eliminating the turnovers. Yeah. You look at the Steelers, uh, but the uh, the Jags games uh, and the Steelers game, you know, if he doesn't turn over the ball in those situations, then we've got chances to still win those games, even though we're playing poorly. So, um, yeah, he's just got to, um, you know, take some deep breaths, um, take what the defence is giving him and just... You know, I appreciate where he's coming from, but it's killing us at the same time. So he needs to learn and just be mindful of the game situation a bit more. Um, And then my third one's just, as I alluded to with Josh and, you know, showing um, his visible frustration uh, on the sidelines uh, for a number of series. You know, the the leaders at the end of the day, they need to step up. You know, there's a lack of you know, um, urgency, I feel like, a lack of toughness. You look at um, our lines and stuff, the trench play, and I was really disappointed in the third quarter. We started to, you know, give up and allow the the, the Colts to just do what they wanted. You know, they were able to take yeah. so much time off the clock. Even when we knew what they were going to do, we couldn't, we couldn't stop. Yeah. Them, right? I mean, you know, it was so predictable. There was nothing we could do. Yeah. No. And, you know, this is a problem moving forward. We've got the Patriots uh, twice in the next four games. We know how good their, their line is and uh, how they could dominate up front. And they've got a really good, uh, core uh, of running backs and then you've got the Bucks coming up as well and they've got a good line to protect Brady so I'm just thinking you know those teams especially Patriots in particular are going to be hard games because we know what they're going to be able to do it's then up to us can we stop them um, so yeah just just to summarize then from my perspective it's you know the run defense um, you know needs to do a better job uh, even though it's for one game we played pretty well, well, all season so far um, against the run. When you look at the numbers, we're still, you know, the, the running teams like the Titans and the Colts, um, they've been able to have their way with us. So we need to do better in that aspect. Um, the second one was, um, you know, Josh Allen, he needs to uh, be mindful of the game situations. Um, don't force throws if they're not there. Um and, you know, just try and keep his calm and composure. And then thirdly, yeah, I just want to see some urgency, you know. At the end of the day, we've got this huge stretch of games that are coming, but division title remains well within our grasp. We're only half a game away from the Patriots. We have both the Patriots twice in the next four games. And I know we've got a hard schedule coming up, but so have the Patriots. They've got the Titans and Colts in the next four games, um, as well as us twice. So we still remain in control. If we beat the Patriots twice, we still remain control in winning this um, the division. Yeah. We just need to use this, you know, these losses as a catalyst to make some adjustments and just to realise, you know, we, we've lost more games already than last season. That's got to be the wake-up call. We've got to see more from this team and it starts against uh, Saints this yeah. Thursday. And actually, they are banged up 
So it is possible that we see a reaction. Um, we obviously, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the bills, but it doesn't look like Star's going to be back. It doesn't look like we're going to um, have any improvement at guard, but this Saints team is banged up. And I, I looked yeah. at their uh, injury report yesterday yeah. and some of their really key important players, obviously, we know, you know, their best wide receivers out. It's fairly likely that Kamara's out, which is a big boon for the Bills, but they've also got some issues on the lines as well. So, um, you know, Thursday night's games, who knows? I mean, I still have really good memories of the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. And I'm hoping that some of that positive juju rubs off on, uh, on this team and we can kind of channel that a little bit. And um, it might be scruffy, it might be scrappy, but let's just be, be patient. And, and I think this game is winnable, uh, especially given the fact that uh, Kamara may well be out. Yeah, I think we have to start there then. So as you said, for injury report, um, from our perspective, you know, you don't want any players injured. But for the Saints, a lot of their key players... Um, are injured at the moment. You just look at their injury report. Um, Alvin Kamara, um, we all know he's one of the best pass-catching backs in the game. He's on course to miss his third consecutive game. And then you've got Mark Ingram, um, who's been downgraded from limited uh, on Monday to do not practice yesterday. Trending in the wrong direction, isn't he? He is, and they're both knee injuries. So you're then relying on their third running back, who is Tony Jones III, who I've never heard of before in all my life. Um, And when you add that into the mix of, um, obviously, Winston, um, James Winston, he's been placed on IR. We don't expect to see him next season, so they're playing Trevor Simeon. And then normally I'd say, oh, well, Trevor Simeon's playing. That's really good for us. But we've lost against two pretty average quarterbacks already this year. So I don't think we can really count on that. No, no. But then... You look at uh, the tackles, so Ryan Ramshek um, and Teron Armstead. Armstead's limited yesterday, but Ramshek has missed his uh, second straight practice. Um, they're really important to that O-line. They're one of the best uh, tackle tandems in the NFL. But then on the defensive side as well, so you've got um, Davenport, Marcus Davenport. He's a do-not-practice at the moment, and he leaves the team in sacks. He's got five and a half sacks. And then they picked up a guy off the Chiefs. I'm not going to be able, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, it's like um, Passanion or something like that. I completely bitched that, I know. But he's the next chief. They signed him in the off-season. He's got four sacks this season. So you're looking at, and he's not do not practice as well. So you're looking at nine and a half sacks um, for that team that hasn't practiced so far this season. And then also Adam Troutman, who's a tight end one. He was placed on IR on Monday. So you look at this and you think of, the, especially on offense, you look Trevor Simeon, is going to be their quarterback with a little bit of Taysom Hill thrown in there. And then you've got uh, Tony Jones, as I said. He'd be their RB1. Their weapons are Traquan Smith, Marcus Callaway, Deontay Harris. Their very limited, t- isn't it? Tight really end limited. would be Nick Fanette. And their um, tackles would be uh, James Hurst and possibly Jordan Mills. Can you remember Jordan Mills from his... Bill's days, he was a starting mm. right tackle for us and Josh Hallen's rookie season. Uh, he's their third string right uh, tackle. So he could actually play against us, which would be really good because we know how bad that line was, especially Jordan Mills. So you just look at this and you think, bloody hell, we've got such a good opportunity here to bounce back and um, get a win. Yeah. So that's what we should be looking to do. So if we just start um, with... 
Trevor Simeon then. So he's played okay since he's come in for Jameis, uh, but he's also faced Atlanta and Titans in his first uh, two of his first three starts. And they're both bottom three in passing yards. So he's played well in those games, but he's coming off a back off a pretty terrible game against the Eagles. So although his fantasy production, you look at his score, I think he got 20 plus fantasy points, but all of that was in garbage time. His first half stats, he completed six of 18 passes. And we've got to remember the Eagles uh, under Sirianni, they've deployed a more zone heavy scheme uh, in coverage. They're one Mm. of the most zone heavy schemes along with us. And he played really poorly and he's not playing well against zone. So you know, we've got an opportunity there to really be feasting on Turkey. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it it really, there's nothing much to scare us, is there? There's nothing much to scare this defense. And if it needs a get right game, this feels like it, especially if we have Edmonds back, that's, that's a big boon. Um, but yeah, the, the off the our offense against their defense might be more interesting in terms of the matchup. Really, um, this is a good defense. Um, yeah, uh, this season, and they've got weapons at all layers at levels of the field. You know, they've got some good corners. They've got some uh, you know good cornerback. They've got a good linebacker. Um, there are some really strong you know Pro Bowl level players scattered around this defense, yeah. and we're going to have to be patient. Now, I think if we are patient and we take what the defense gives us. And we dink and dunk uh, if necessary, then I think this game's for the winning. But if we lose our patience, then this could be another you know, really horrible, you know, Jaguars type low scoring game. I don't think they're scoring much on us. Um, mm. But this offense needs to go out and prove that it can um, it can deal with it with a really good defense um, like the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. The recipe for the Saints winning is through their defense. So. They've averaged uh, three sacks in the last five games, so that's their strength is up front. Um, They had a really good start to the season, but injuries have taken their toll. And because they've been on the field more, because James Winston's been out, um, that's meant that they've been on the field longer. They're getting a bit more tired. So they are giving up production in the past game, um, but they've been pretty stout against the run. There's only been two games this season that have allowed 100-plus yards rushing. One of them was against the Eagles. They got 200-plus rushing. They had a huge game with Jalen Hurts uh, quarterbacking for those guys. Um, the key players for me in this game on the Saints defense is Cam Jordan. So he hasn't he doesn't leave the league in sacks, but the other guys around him are um, contributing and like finishing off his pressures. Basically, he's got 13 QB hits, um, which leads the team by far for those guys. Demario Davis, ex Jet, he's an All Pro, do it all linebacker. Um, yeah, he's really he, good, isn't he? Really good. Yeah, we've got to watch out for him um, because uh, he's good in coverage as well. And then Marshall Lattimore, who's a really interesting player, actually. So he was rookie of the year in 2018. It shouldn't have been him. It should have been Trey White. Um, he played so well and uh, that's in 2017, sorry. So it's rookie of the year 2017. Uh, shutdown corner. He's one of only a few cornerbacks, so that actually shadows the wide receiver one. So usually when they play against the Bucks, he's always on Mike Evans and he's always done really well against Mike Evans. So I expect Marshall Lattimore to be yeah. all over Diggs, follow him all over the field, which should 
hopefully mean that Sanders and Beasley and those yeah. guys get some opportunity. So that's where I'm thinking of going with my bets. It's interesting um, you say week. that because I, I actually had Sanders receptions down on my list for exactly the same reason that should open yeah. up to Sanders. I'm not yeah. sure we're going to see Knox used too heavily unless it's maybe out of the backfield simply because of the um, the threat of um, uh, of, uh, of Demario Davis. You know, he's the sort of guy who can neutralize a, a good linebacker. Um, but yeah, I think that Sanders is going to be, you know, critical in this game, and we might actually see a bit more Gabriel Davis. Actually, a bit of trying yeah. try to create some mismatches um, uh, elsewhere on the field. Um, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it looks like there's a fairly limited, but there is a game plan that could uh, could could work quite nicely if we um, if we can pick our way through it. Yeah. What did you do? You have already uh, some of the bets uh, worked through, worked out yet? Um, I haven't had a chance to look at the market, but that's what I was thinking on, just purely receptions. Mm-hmm. I do have quite a strong game prediction that we'll uh, All touch right. on at what, the end. What, what, but shall, shall I start? Yeah, just go, for that, there? go for that. Yeah, what are you saying? So I'm going, this might be a kiss of death, but based on how you know the Saints offense looks so banged up at this point, um, it's subject to change. If Kamara plays, you know, if, if they get a few of their guys playing, um, then it might be a little bit different. But I'm going for a Bills to win quite convincingly here. I've got I'm right. going for 35-14. So wow, huge. Okay. So that's exactly what you want to see, isn't it? As well, definitely. considering you're being going to be there live in attendance. <laughs> I'm a lot less optimistic. Mine's twenty four seventeen. I think we're going to have. I think the game is going to be, be a, it's going to be a slower game. I think we're going to take a lot more shorter gains. I'd like to see us do a bit more hurry up offense because I think that when we do that, we can get we can exploit mismatches a little bit better, find a look that we like, and then just go into hurry up. Um, but you know, who knows. I feel it's hard to predict, given what we've seen in the last uh, three weeks, just what, what kind of offense we're going to see. But I've gone with 24-17. Um, I think the, the key for me is to not turn the ball over. We can't give them anything. Um, that means we have to be careful on the run game. We've seen our, our running bats you know, cough it up far too often this year. It means that we need to not force it into holes that are not there. Just take what we can get. And if that means you know a nice, tight, gritty, messy game, I, I'll take that. We just need to come away with a win. Mm. and turnovers as well that includes special teams you know I don't want to see uh, another Isaiah McKenzie muff punt that was Um, just terrific wasn't it I mean well that was critical to us losing the Colts game because we were just over I think one touchdown um, behind at that point yeah and or it could have been two touchdowns I can't quite remember Um, but McKenzie, you know, we had the two, we were close to the two minute drill at that point, and we were going to get the ball back. Exactly. Uh, when it was, there was a plan that double dip, and we were going to be been ahead. Uh, it was, there was, there yeah. was a route there to get back in that game, and then it all fell up to pieces because McKenzie just fell on his backside and coughed up the ball. Oh, that yeah. was, that was heartbreaking. And then there you go, Jonathan Taylor had four attempts to get in, you know, from the <laughs> one yard line. Yeah. That, like, that was just bound to happen, wasn't it? You know, he wasn't going to miss that opportunity. So, yeah. Avoid all turnovers. Um, see more Matt Breeder, hopefully, you know. If... He deserves it, doesn't he? I mean, you know, it makes you wonder why exactly. he's been kept out for so so long this season. But he looks yeah. like our best running back. And there's, I mean, obviously, it's you know, partly scheme, but he looks like our best running back. His pace mm-hmm. is is causing people problems. Um, and I think that we might we might need to see a little more of the subject sweeps as well. It's just move them around, um, help Josh get a sense of what this look is um, with the jet sweeps. Is it man? Is it zone? Um, just stretch them you know, across the width of the field just to give us a, you know, a little bit more. Um, and again, this is the sort of stuff I feel like 
we haven't been flexible enough. Uh, we haven't been able to to go to when things haven't been going our way. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm a little bit less pessimistic. In fact, actually, my first bet is to go on the under on the points, which I think the line at the moment is about 45 and a half last time I looked. Um, and I think this could be a really tight, ugly game honestly a bit a little bit i mean i'm hoping that i'm wrong and i'm hoping that you're right and i get to see the bills put um put 34 points up but um yeah the, the line's at 45 and a half and I'm, I'm going for the under on that i think i haven't looked at what the odds are but i've done it a couple of weeks ago but i'll be looking for defense special teams anytime mm. touchdown i think because yeah you looked against the jets you know if we turn over simeon you know from a 20 25 yard line you know in their own half that gives us perfect opportunity to run it back yep. and I think he will there will be two or three turnovers from him um, and you know they could be in the red zone area for us so well um, I mean if we if we play that logically if they don't have Kamara they have to go for their you know pretty limited running backs you know I hope that we can defend them a little bit better than we <laughs> defended Jonathan Taylor you would think so um, and then we're into a situation of forcing Travis Simeon into passing and that plays right into our strengths of exactly. our zone defense and our, and our cornerbacks so yeah fingers crossed it that's uh, I, but I agree with you I think I, I fancy our defense to get some turnovers to tomorrow it's a bit of an indictment isn't it that um, you know, paying Taysom Hill all this money. Clearly, he's a Swiss Army knife gadget guy who they think can throw a ball, but they're still ultimately starting Trevor Simeon ahead of him. He's, so he's thrown eight times this year. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of astonished by that. Um, mm. I would have thought at least he would have played a little bit more. I'm, you know, Sean Payton's not, not an idiot, right? He's, he's a very bright coach. And I have to expect that they're going to throw something different, as not I? I suspect Taysom yeah. Hill's going to play a big part tomorrow, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have to try something different than what they've lost three in a row. So, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. So, yeah, my bets, uh, let's go through those. So, so I'm going to be looking at the line for Sanders receptions. Usually it's set pretty low for Sanders. Um, and as I said, because of their strength at cornerback one, I feel like there's an opportunity there um, for, for Emmanuel Sanders to have a good game. Um, I'm also being looking at any time Josh Allen touchdown. I, I feel like this could be the day, you know, when you're playing against a good defense, how do you create something different? And I, I feel like, this is a sort of opportunity, the sort of game where we could see Josh coming in, um, hitting the hitting the corner uh, post, because it's just more stuff for their defense, which is a very good defense to have to think about if they have to cover Josh. And I think we're going to present him as a as a as a runner throughout the game. Uh, you know, maybe not too much, but just so they know they know he's got it in his um, in his locker and he might be trying that kind of stuff. And then as I said, I've gone for the under on the points, uh, which is at four and a half, forty-five and a half. Um, and just to be clear, I lost all of my bets last week. <laughs> I'm sure you did as well. <laughs> so, because uh, the yeah. game was just such a, you know, did not go with all the way that we hoped. No. Yeah. How about you? Where are your, what are your bets looking like? So, yeah, mine will be Sanders over, um, defense, special teams. Um, I might look to see uh, what Breeders' line is, um, if that's available, if the markets are there for that. Um, and yeah, I think they're the main three I'll be focused on. Um, haven't had a proper good look at them just yet, but uh, as usual, we'll post the summaries of what we have betted on uh, tomorrow before mm -hmm. the game. So, mm -hmm. awesome, yeah. very good. So, yeah, um, fingers crossed for a very happy Thanksgiving. I mean, this is going to be what one twenty a.m. or something for you, isn't it? 
Um, are yeah. you staying? Are you getting up to watch it? Are you watching it live? I don't know what the plan. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll be getting up to watch it, no doubt. But I don't know what the plan will be before. Um, what's our last uh, primetime game? The Chiefs was it? Um, I think I'll try and do whatever worked for then, which was um, <laughs> I actually was able to get like a good three, four hours sleep before the game. And that mm-hmm. never usually happens. So right. I'll be trying to follow suit. It's a bit frustrating though, because obviously no one's really going to want to watch the Lions uh, Bears games, considering he's going to be quarterbacking. Although I think they are trying to get Goff back in, but regardless, he's been terrible this season. So no one's going to really want to watch that game. But then Cowboys, I think Raiders, is it? Uh, it's the yeah. second game, and mm-hmm. I quite enjoy watching Cowboys. That might be uh, quite, be quite a good game, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so um, that could be a good game. So if I can't sleep, I know in the back of my mind that that's going to be there for me to watch. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if any attempts to sleep fails. I watch that game, and then go straight into the Saints-Bills. So yeah, great. Yeah, that's the plan. Very good, very good. Well, it's exciting. I mean, I'm excited to go and meet up with some Bills Mafia in uh, New Orleans and uh, have some drinks. Um, have you got any like um, like confirmed plans and like are you able, like are you definitely meeting some people? Or? Yeah. So there's a few um, a few things kind of already lined up. So I've I've some really good friends who live in New Orleans and they've invited me to go for Thanksgiving dinner uh, tomorrow lunch, which will be really nice. My first Thanksgiving in, in the states actually. So I'm excited to see how that goes, how much turkey I can eat, um, and then yeah, there's a, there's a few people you know sort of sort of a key you know big Twitter Twitter folk that are out there and um, you know hoping to meet. There's another guy uh, Robin who's going to be there from the UK. Um, I think we'll probably be sat together actually uh, for the game, um, and uh, yeah, a few other people. That Bills Mafia Chicago um, is there, and um, I know that she's with um, uh, Warlock, um, who you know is the guy who gives out the free tickets. Um, so hopefully uh, see him. Um, yeah, there's a, so there's a few people floating around that um, you know I only know through Twitter, um, but seemingly good people, and yeah, looking forward to meeting them and uh, having some beers and having a good time, and you know maybe more beers if we don't have a good night <laughs> tomorrow. So um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, looking forward to it. Should be good fun. Hopefully it'll be close to uh, on, on the basis that we do win, of course. But um, we want to see the scenes from the Cowboys win uh, a couple of seasons ago with Trey oh, yeah. White and yeah, yeah. Josh Allen having a good old bite of a turkey leg. That's Absolutely. all what we're hoping for at four o'clock in the morning, our time anyway. Yeah, but hopefully yep. you get to see that live. That would be pretty special. Yeah, it would be pretty special. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> plenty of turkey to be consumed. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, hopefully um, uh, we get the right result um, on Thanksgiving. Um, I think there's a big opportunity for us there. And um, yeah, certainly Bill Smithar will be back with you probably tomorrow, providing my hangover isn't too bad and we can get uh, schedules to align um, to do a game review. Um, so yeah, um, if you want to get in touch Friday. with us, Tomorrow, I do mean Friday. You're right. I'm struggling with. Uh, with <laughs> you're all over a place, aren't you? I'm all over the place. Yeah, it is actually. Just, <laughs> I did get up at like five thirty this morning. Um, yeah, so Friday, hopefully, Bills from Afar will be back with you. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. We are on email, Bills from Afar at gmail.com or on Twitter, Bills from Afar. You can get in touch with us individually. Um, I am Charlie underscore Sports, and he is Tim Rudge ninety. Um, and I'd say Matt and Alex have also had some some game previews. Go and take a listen to those Red White and Buffalo Blues podcast this week. And um, yeah, until uh, until Friday, uh, go Bills. Go Bills. Mm-hmm.